Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Today, what I thought we would do is continue on straight from the last episode with the next three rules of language learning because I'm quite enjoying myself recording these, so hopefully you're enjoying them too. In fact, maybe you could let me know if you do like this series. I know it's only part of three, but anyway, feel free to drop me an email or a, or a tweet or something to let me know whether these uh, rules of language learning are, are are interesting or useful in some way. Before we get into this, I would like to thank the sponsors of the show italki, which is a marketplace for teachers who speak all different languages, dialects of those languages. If you're learning Arabic, for example, you can select this particular dialect of Arabic that you want to study and even what country your teacher is from. So it's very, very specific, very, very handy. And if you'd like to get a free lesson, you can go to IWillTeachYouALanguage.com forward slash free lesson. All right, then let's continue on with uh, rule number seven. Rule number seven of the rules of language learning is something that will be familiar to you. Always listen to audio with the transcript. Now, there are practical reasons why this isn't always possible, but if we are looking to figure out a kind of system and an approach for learning languages as fast as possible, then it doesn't come much better than having a transcript for the audio. Because, well, there's a whole host of reasons why that is. Listening is a difficult skill. You you all know what it's like to be trying to speak your your target language with somebody who speaks too fast and you can't keep up. You know, the effect of not being able to understand is a lack of confidence. It's panic. It's not very nice. I'm sure you've tried to watch movies or listen to podcasts before where it's just too fast and you can't keep up. Well, the transcript is like a gift from God because... What it means is you can read and see everything that you hear. And the reason that this is so powerful is because it helps you improve your listening skills very directly. Anytime you don't understand, you don't you don't understand a phrase or you don't catch a word, when you refer to the transcript and you see written what has been said, that allows you to identify a particular gap in your knowledge. So you, you might identify, for example, oh, oh, I didn't understand. I couldn't pick those two words apart because they were joined together. But now I know what they are because I've seen the text. Well, that realisation allows you to, you know, next time you hear a set of words like that, it allows you to think, okay, well, maybe these are two other words joined together. So if I tease them apart, I'm going to learn something. And so by comparing what you hear to the words on the page. It allows you to improve your listening skills very quickly. But it's more than that. When you hear and see something, you are far more likely to remember it than if you only see it or if you only hear it. So being able to read along with the transcript of something you can hear is a fantastic way to make everything more memorable. So if you sometimes worry about learning vocabulary or or memory, the the fastest way to improve your memory and grow your vocabulary is to start to listen to material that comes with the transcript. And of course, the opposite is true. If you tend to read, then finding the audiobook to come with that is is wonderful. And with Amazon and Audible now, you know, you can often find the audio, an audiobook that you're interested in and then find the actual book itself. 
on Amazon so you can read along and listen at the same time. And of course, when I create my materials, like conversations, for example, which is designed to improve your listening skills, you know, rule number one of all the materials that I create is that everything comes with a transcript, just like in the Fluent Spanish Academy, which is my, uh, my, my group for intermediate Spanish learners. We have huge libraries of listening comprehension training, which is natural conversations recorded, and everything is transcribed because when you can read along as you listen, everything gets easier. So that's rule number seven. Listen with the transcript. Rule number eight. I like this one. Don't worry about something until it's actually a problem. So what am I getting at here? You know how native speakers will often tell you that something about their language is is really hard and it's a big problem. Native speakers often have this awareness of things about their about their language and they, they know what things about their language are particularly hard or particularly unusual. And when they have conversations with learners of, the, of, the, of their language about that language, you know, there's a tendency to kind of um, be, be helpful, I guess, and be be learned by by talking about your language and saying, yeah, this is oh, this is this is something that's that's, that's that's pretty hard, but but don't worry, it'll be fine. And this, don't worry, it'll be fine. Don't worry too much, uh, is really the main point because almost always when people talk about a language and say, oh, this thing about this language makes it really difficult. You, the danger is that it becomes something, you kind of build this up into something, into a problem in your head, which is a self-fulfilling prophecy. You haven't experienced it as a problem. Someone's told you it's difficult and therefore you think it's a problem. So to give you a few examples here, dialects of Italian. Italian is a very unique case. It has lots of, lots of varieties of Italian, you know, you have the Romanesco, so the the, the Rome the, the dialect from Rome. Then you have Sicilian Italian. These are not so much different dialects, but completely different languages, and often not mutually comprehensible. And so, for any learner of Italian, they are told, "Oh, every region of Italy has." You know, an Italian person will tell you, "Everywhere you go in Italy, we have our own dialects." And I can't, I can't even understand them myself, and I'm Italian. And so in the mind of the learner, then you, you just think to yourself, oh, my God, well, how, how am I ever going to master all of this? But now let's imagine that no one had ever told you that. So you weren't worried about it because you didn't know it was a problem. So you just set about studying Italian in the normal way. And of course, all the material that you have, all the learner material and all the podcasts you listen to, the books you read are all written in standard Italian. So it's never a problem. In fact, you go to Italy. Uh, and you go to, you know, travel all around the country. The people that you meet realize that you are a tourist, that you're not from Italy, so they speak to you in standard Italian. In fact, it's perfectly possible that you go for years learning Italian. You have friends and you speak to them in Italian without ever having to worry about a dialect of Italian. That's the most likely outcome, actually. <laughs> and yet, because people tell you that Italian is difficult because there are all these dialects, you create this problem in your brain which then influences you and is in the back of your mind for your whole learning experience. And it's a huge negative. So don't worry about something until it actually becomes a problem. If you actually end up moving to Venice and you live in the countryside of Venice and there is a everyone speaks the local dialect, then at, at that in that situation, maybe... 
it might be worth you learning it. But maybe not, because I know there are parts of Italy where people don't know their local dialect. Other examples include varieties of Spanish. You know, people, I, I see this all the time because I, I, I work quite a lot with, with Spanish learners. And I hear people say things like, well, I, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if I can join your fluent Spanish academy because I'm learning Mexican Spanish. Or the, or the reverse, you know, you have stuff for Mexican Spanish, but I'm learning Spanish from Costa Rica, so it's not for me. People have been told, or they've learnt one way or another, that in the Spanish-speaking world there are different varieties of Spanish. And so they create this problem in their brain, which actually prevents them from, from learning. I, I can't, I don't even want to think about how often Spanish learners around the world don't avail themselves of of certain kinds of material, which could be extremely helpful because they think it's not relevant for them because it's a different variety of Spanish. And yet, what they don't realise is that 99% of Spanish is, is exactly the same. And when you do get ver like local variations from one country to the next, most of the time it's pretty simple. It's like a vocabulary word here or there or kind of daily phrases, which... Um, which sometimes seem to be more important than they are. You know, people hear that you've got different ways of saying, how are you in Cuba or Spain or Colombia? So they think, oh my God, everything is different. But actually, no, it's just the most visible parts, which are very different, but the underlying language is exactly the same. And so someone who's learning Spanish from, say, Cuba, I don't know, may very well go around desperately in his desperate attempt to find material related to Cuban Spanish. And there's not very much of it, so they won't find it. And they'll... they'll drive themselves into a frenzy looking for Cuban Spanish material. Whereas in actual fact, what they should be doing is just going out and becoming literate in the Spanish language as a whole, which will make it much easier to go on and learn that particular variety of Spanish later once they have a very good foundation. The same thing could be true for a grammar point. How many English teachers out there are aware of the complexity of the of the present perfect and you're speaking to a student, you might say, oh, yeah, you know, the, the present perfect is really, really hard. You've got five different five different situations in which we would use the present perfect, and they're all quite tricky to remember. But it'll be okay, don't worry. <laughs> and like, you just instilled the fear of God into, into, the, into your student, who now thinks it's going to be impossible to learn the present perfect. Whereas, as we know, you can use pretty much any past tense you want, and I'm still going to understand you. So it's not a problem. Don't let something become a problem until it actually is. That's rule number eight. Don't worry about something until it's actually a problem. All right, then, number nine. Do something every day, however small. This is something that uh, you will not need much convincing. I know as a, as a podcast listener, you, uh, you know the value of this. Yeah, people... There's a persistent belief that you have to study for hours every day to learn a language. And of course, the more you do, the better. But when you build it up into something in your mind, you know, when you've convinced yourself you have to study for two hours a day or nothing, then you deprive yourself of the extremely potent act of doing something very small every day. Because when you do something very, very small every day, what you're doing is you're conditioning your brain. So if you start going for a walk, if, you, if you're someone who doesn't walk, and suddenly you start going for a five-minute walk every day, or a 15-minute walk every day, I mean, it, it's obvious that that's going to have a, a hugely beneficial effect on your health, right? And so the same is true for language learning. For someone who is 
terribly inconsistent in their learning. They do two hours at the weekend and then nothing for two weeks. <laughs> or they they're always on and off looking for a different, a different, uh, you know, a different, better way to learn or something. If you simply say to yourself, right, I'm just going to do 15 minutes every day or even five minutes every day. I'm going to read a story, a story a day. Hashtag a story a day. It's my new hashtag. In case, if, in case you missed the other, the episode the other day, I'm trying to encourage people to um, to to do exactly this: to do something small every day. And of course, the richer the activity, the better. So if you can read a story every day, for example, then you know, in a month's time, two months' time, three months' time, do you have any idea how powerful that is? A small daily action done over a period of time. And so this is the the ninth rule of language learning is to do something small, do something every day, however small. And don't let the thought of I'm not doing enough actually sabotage your, uh, your, your, your program. One of my favorite expressions is don't let the great get in the way of the good. The great in this case being like two or three hours. If you can do two or three hours in a day, of course, that's great. But if your desire to do three hours actually stops you from doing the good, which is say 15 minutes a day, then it becomes a bad thing. So do something every day, however small. That is rule number nine, the ninth rule of language learning. I hope you found that thought provoking. If you'd like to leave me a comment or a question, then please go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash episode 273. We also have two earlier parts of these. You can find uh, part one of the rules of language learning in uh, episode 257. And of course, part two was the last episode, number 272. So you can go back and find those if you want to go from the very beginning. I, I, I really think I'd like, when I'm done with this series, whenever that may be, whenever I run out of rules, I would really like to, to make, make this into a, a little book of some kind. Because I think this is the kind of book that I would like to have on my bedside table, you know, just ref- dip into every now and again to just remind myself of uh, of the fundamentals. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. Leave me a comment on the on the show notes. Once again, I will teach you a language.com forward slash episode 273. And I'll see you back in the next episode of the podcast. <laughs> I can't even speak anymore. I just recorded like four or five episodes on the trot of the podcast. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. You know, one of the questions I get asked most often about language learning is how to improve your memory. Because things get so much easier when you learn new words and you don't forget them later in conversation when you really need them. So what I decided to do was to put together a a short email course. It's a three-part email course over three days that teaches you my favorite techniques for memorizing vocabulary and actually putting that vocabulary into your long-term memory. It's a short course, three days, it's completely free, and if you'd like to sign up for it, please go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash free memory course.